Geico presents Motorcycle Word of the Day. Today's word is gremlin. Is a gremlin an unknown and persistent mechanical issue? Or is it something large that gets caught in your teeth when you ride with your mouth open? As in... Man, I gotta stop singing 80s power ballads when I ride. Ugh, keep getting gremlins in my teeth. See? Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. We are going to bring in our guests right now in our first segment for Marquette University, head coach Louis Bennett and his assistant, Sean. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. How are we doing today? Good, good. Thanks, Baxter. Thanks, Simon, for having me on, th- us on. That's absolutely, great. absolutely. Great. Well, we are excited. Uh, for those that follow the soccer scene here in the Milwaukee area, Marquette is is the name. You get an opportunity to figure out you know, what it's like to, to be a Golden Eagle, I know, uh, growing up when I was a young kid, I, I had aspirations of playing for the Golden Eagles and then realized that uh, I enjoyed doing broadcasting a little bit more as well at the end of the day and, and realized that's where my true talent actually lied, <laughs> to be more honest about it. But we're excited to have you guys here. Uh, such a historic program, especially in the time that you've been there, uh, Louis. Uh, just talk a little bit about uh, your tenure here so far with the Golden Eagles. Um, well, obviously, I think from the day I walked in, we had I had, had an idea of how we wanted to play the game, how we wanted to represent the school, how, the brand of soccer, and with whom were we going to be able to do that and what we would need to do to achieve that. College soccer is a moving target because every year you're going to lose, you're more experienced and possibly you're more dedicated or certainly you're, you're more... Um, uh, mature players so then you have to rebuild so if you don't have a brand or a style sometimes it becomes a huge roller coaster uh, and I th- I thought that probably the first four f- four years we were trying to stabilize the program in the in the mold of uh, our vision once we stabilized the program we managed to put some really good seasons together and obviously as you said we had one of the best seasons or the best season we've ever had in history winning a big east tournament and league and then going on to the sweet 16 get beaten by virginia etc cetera, etc cetera. had a little blip last year you know with uh, big injuries and stuff and we've brought in a lot of people now uh new people uh two foreign uh three local early so we've had them mm. in the spring Still with the same brand, but trying to retune things and readapt things so that uh, we look like ourselves, but with slightly different personnel. I use the analogy only yesterday is we kind of give guys an off uh, an off the rack suit, and it would be up to them to make the suit feel good. So you've got to customize it. Oh, and okay. I think it's a, a good mis- analogy. Well, it's a, it's a mistake for us to think that we can customize a man's suit. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how he likes it fit. I mean, exactly. If, if you have the money, you go and c- have a, a a suit made for you, right? And you tell the tailor exactly what it is. But when you bring all these guys in, we give them a blue suit, a blue or a gold suit. Hey. And, <laughs> and then they have to say, well, I got this suit, but I want it to be mine. I mm-hmm. want it to be part. I want it to be blue. I want it to be gold. I want to be part of that theme. I want to be part of that brand. I appreciate what they do. I liked. I like it. You don't go to Marquette and want to play 
territorial. You don't want to play, you know, uh, up to a target, scramble and run, mm-hmm. kick and run. You don't. You can't come to Marquette and want to play that because you won't get a suit that fits that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know. So, so so over the last couple of years, we've had the opportunity. You know, as as uh, coaches move on. I mean, uh, Steve Bodie mo- moved on just this recently we've had a great opportunity to bring in other coaches and Marquette has been really uh, good about us helping find stuff and finding Sean who is a head coach in a division 2 program is now opened I think our horizons to bringing people in not just local although that is the focus we try to get the best local players here uh, and then the regional and then the national and then the international and I think uh, uh, Sean is, is helping us um tighten that net loop uh, on all of those all of the mm. pre-mentioned absolutely well you talked a little bit about your spring season so far I mean you're just you've had a couple of games already under your belt too so as a head coach what are you looking at with your guys of what they've done so far you still have a couple of games remaining you've got two games left you take on the Milwaukee Torrent this Saturday and then you play uh, the Badgers of UW-Madison on April 30th as well but you've gotten a couple of games under your belt so far so from a head coaching perspective, you haven't gotten your new freshman in or any of that stuff yet, really, for next year. But how do you feel about your your guys so far after the season you had to where you're at right now? Good, good. I, I think uh, the first game we play is in, um, you know, it was in f- February, and it's basically we're doing a futsal program, and then we go to play down in Chicago on a full field. So our expectations that we would just get our outdoor feet indoor yeah. sounds crazy mm, and yep. get your outdoor feet indoor that's so, true but but that was a, a show and tell you know and we had to know and we we knew we would be good at some things and not good at others mm-hmm. didn't do anything tactically and then the next set of games we had two games on uh, one day one was in three feet of snow but we played and that showed us quite a bit and then we pl- it cleared up by the evening. So we played Green Bay in the morning and then Parkside in the in the um, evening, irrespective of the results, which were f- quite favorable to us. Mm-hmm. What I was more impressed with was the, the we do have five new guys in now and we're bringing another five in in August. The fusion between the guys we had, there was a uh, for me, there was a positive um, feel. We talked a lot about our spirit and you know the courage to do do the right thing and our, and our soul and the spirit of the soul you have to develop because like i said you lose some of the major contributors contributors to that and that that was pretty good and then we played uwm which was it was a little spicy a little aggressive <laughs> and, to be expected but it's exactly what we needed because again it was on not a beautiful day and uh, neither team would allow anything and we had to use we used eight Freshman, either freshman that played in the in the uh, in the fall, and then the, the new guys. Wow, okay. And, and so we we looked really give you a true test to see what you absolutely. had. Absolutely, we looked unfamiliar with the with the uh, with the personnel, but I saw signs, and the other coaches, I think Sean would agree, I saw signs of Marquette, even though it was with unfamiliar faces, which is a good is a good step. I mean, absolutely, yeah, that's what you want to see. Yeah, Sean, I'd like to bring you in here um, rather than just having you listen to us chat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you come from a Division Two program, and you've yep. been with a couple of Division Two programs that are pretty much powerhouses in Division Two soccer, uh, college-wise. Uh, you were at Quincy as a full-time assistant, and while well, I'm reading here as I'm talking, you're trying That's to sound okay. smart. And yeah, Maryville so, University. Yep. What's the? I don't know if you've had enough time to to see the biggest difference between Division Two college soccer versus Division One, but love for you to speak on that. Yeah. Um, uh, Division two is uh, maybe the the schedule is not as intense in terms of the the resources and the 
the the ability to to bring guys in in the morning and then also in the afternoon. Um, obviously, we're working with high level players here, at Division One Two. Um, the Division Two model that I was used to was two games a week. Also, so you play Friday, Sunday, Friday, Sunday. Uh, we're in a position where we don't have that, and the schedule that we've tried to make uh, allows us to concentrate more to build players through the the week. Sometimes at Division Two, you just maintain and you're just patching things up and then and then playing the games. Um, but what what but what we're looking at, sorry, um, really is getting the schedule as a periodization technique to allow us to perform our best every weekend, every Saturday or every Wednesday. Uh, and the resources and learning from, obviously, Louis, uh, Marcelo is already there. Um, the standard so far has, has opened my eyes a little bit in terms of, you know, video analysis, um, the scientific part that is more associated with a higher level. Uh, Division 2, you're bringing players in. Um, the focus is a little bit more balanced in terms of what we can do with them. Uh, but so far, I've really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to getting into the muck and bullets of the, the upcoming fall. It's a one thing you brought up was player development, and obviously that's that's a hot topic right now with MLS with the U.S. national team, and you know where does where does the college game fit in that? So I'm wondering if we can broaden our horizons, not just speaking about Marquette, but just college soccer as a whole, where where you see college soccer fitting in that equation. Well, it's hard to justify that. First and foremost, college soccer now is not what college soccer was in the 80s and mm -hmm. 90s. So a lot of the experienced players that are in the MLS that may be passing judgment quite rightly on what was going on in those is not going on now. We do have a spring season. We do, um, we, we can coach these guys. Is it limited? Absolutely. And is it perfect? No, it's not. So I feel there is, because of the tradition and because of the product that you produce at the end. I mean, let's not f forget Harry Ship and Dylan Powers were MLS Rookies of the Year. Well, they mm -hmm. spent four years of their life at institutions. That you know, the institution is a four-year school, and now you've got a well-rounded human being that is also a professional soccer player. I would probably say the maintenance of those players in terms of preparation and focus and having a job is not the same as someone that might not have gone there. Now, I've got to watch. Obviously, I want to use the words correctly. I'm a proponent of having a, having us in a split season. Hmm. You know, that's there's been a lot of rumors. There's been a lot mm -hmm. of talk. Yeah, we've heard those talks for a while. And that would allow us to continue the periodization that we have of playing one game a day, one game a week, with just maybe in a season only have a midweek game, hmm. so that the squad that we carry uh, could be uh, utilized with greater efficiency and we wouldn't be putting guys at a little bit of an injury risk. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we're doing a lot about chronic load. You know, when you go from doing nothing to a lot, you've mm -hmm. got a chance of being injured. Oh, yeah. Well, when you could never prepare for a game, really, Friday, Sunday, I mean, the, mm -hmm. the, the physiologists are saying, hey, if you play a soccer game, it takes you 48 hours to recover from that. And if you play a game within that 48 hours, it actually takes you 72 hours to fully recover from two games. Wow. So, I mean, we play Wednesday and Saturday. It really kind of, it's not so smooth in terms of the econom economics mm -hmm. and the actual logistics of planning a season. But we've actually dropped down to 16 games now. So... The, in order to do that, if that was gone, 
and we could practice, you know, and do our full week. We could give, you know, the rest with the recovery sessions, and we would be able to form a model that would be similar to what the pros would prefer. Then you've got... Uh, we could be part, fully part of the pyramid and we wouldn't need, we, we would probably forego some of that battering that we get from the professional programs. Some people do like, I mean, some people accept and, and do appreciate what college does. And I think that's an ever-growing thing. Um, but I see a day that if college doesn't change uh, or doesn't move to a more expansive uh, uh, season, we may land up losing some of the best homegrown. I mean, we've got seven homegrown players, potential mm-hmm. homegrown players on our team, and uh, they've chosen to come to college because they didn't think they'd be picked up, mm. and they wanted a good education, etc., yeah, etc. Okay. Et all the benefits one, of playing college. And that's one thing you hear, too, a lot about. I think athletes forget about it, especially if they're very talented. They go, they play professional, and then they're... They're done by, yeah. you know, 30, 35, if you're fortunate to, you know, have your body stay in shape that long. And then it's like, oh, I still have 40, 50, 60 years of my <laughs> life left. What am I going to do and, now? And, and MLS is not in a place where every player is making millions no. of dollars. No, where, exactly. Where you can be set up for life. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, I would have never, I mean, I played a, a short, uh, short, sharp battering ram of a career for seven years indoors and there was no way I, I wouldn't have the work I mean uh, right. w- w- mm-hmm. afterwards and uh, I think you're right Simon that the MLS you're not going to make a fortune not where yet you, at least you could, not yet I mean there may be a few but I don't know if we're going to get to that point right mm-hmm. now I mean we're trying to make a league on a continent you know how difficult that it is, is. Yeah. and the on travel huge and the expense on a huge continent now television contracts etc etc and and um I mean, I'm so proud of how U.S. soccer has grown. I mean, when I came, I couldn't find, when I was signed by Kansas City, I couldn't find soccer on the television, in Mm. the newspaper. There was one. I think it was Toby Charles made in America. And it was some, <laughs> some, 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 a German, and I'd never seen German soccer read, you know, league soccer coming yep. from England. And it was maybe once a week or once every two you weeks. You mentioned that before. Well, yeah. I, I think yeah. Simon, wasn't it on like It was on public PBS. Radio? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. So, so, yeah. And now, and obviously going through a period of when there was no professional outdoor soccer, I had, I had to play indoor soccer. Now there's an array of, of leagues right now that you can, if that's your fancy, you can go in. But none of them you can justify if you do get a chance to go to college or very few of them in not going to college first. Maybe if you're number one draft choice or you're the top player mm-hmm. in MLS, you know, uh, homegrown, maybe that's the choice to go to college or not to go to college and go. But for, I would say, still 95%, what are you doing? You are padding your back pocket with a degree Mm -hmm. that will help you should things not go as planned because you're not in control of your destiny. Is it, and I don't want to get you in trouble, is it it a matter of just the NCAA not understanding the nuances of soccer? Because they basically run college football like the NFL runs football. They basically run basketball like the NBA. Well, they do because, I mean, even looking at this, I mean, Turner and uh, TBS and... CBS Sports just signed an $8.8 billion contract just for the NCAA tournament. For so the they can have itself, rights right. for the next, you know, I think it's 15 years. So, I mean, there's millions and billions of dollars of money out there, but at the same time, it's for the sports that are popular. I, I think uh, the evolution of soccer up to the, up to five years ago, six years ago, maybe 10 years ago when the, when the MLS started was not, didn't give you a, a big... Uh, broad picture of what a soccer player does. Now we've got that. I think uh, you know the the 
NCAA is investigating what's being said and you know the people that deal with the the medical aspects student welfare they're, they're, they are listening they are listening and, and I think that um, you know in the next couple of years there, there's going to be a pressure point where people are going to realize hey if you want soccer and you want quality soccer we might want to have to spread it out you know and my, my hope would be that they would choose to do two seasons instead of take more games away and just play it in the, right. in the spring because sure. we, we would then probably I my belief chop off another Ten percent or eleven percent of guys that really should go to college first well, would probably not do it, and then just do part time. And that's ultimately the worry, right? Is that college soccer does become irrelevant, and we, yeah. and, we and you don't want that. And, and we have a unique opportunity in this in this country, unlike England, where you know you've got basically just the academies. I mean, from what I understand, you don't go to college to try to get no. you know <laughs> noticed for soccer. No. But but here that that culture still exists and I think we need to take advantage of it. I think one of the things with it too is if you look at the, the NFL model and the NCAA college football the seasons are pretty comparable you know, in terms of the length now if you look at professional soccer with a college season you know, the, the professional soccer season can run 8 to 10 months, a college mm-hmm. season unfortunately is still pigeonholed into one semester, it's either a fall or a spring sport um, and with that really it ties the hands of the coaches, you know you're trying to develop players whether it's a homegrown talent that maybe 18 isn't quite ready to make the step into the MLS, but you're hoping that after four, maybe four and a half years of the college program, if he takes the right path, does the right things, that the the chance is still there at 22, mm-hmm. 23, whatever it might be. Um, and I, I feel that when you compare apples to apples, if you try and pigeonhole college soccer into one semester and you expect to produce players that can play in the MLS or play for a national team, when the rest of the world is going eight to ten months in that same time, you're really holding yourself back. No, I agree with you on that one, too. And that's one thing that we always see. I mean, you talk about guys that, you know, like Freddie Adu, that you know, was 14, and all of a sudden he didn't even go to college, and he was, you know, hailed and lauded, like, oh, the best new thing since PLA Sinem. Or even you see guys like Christian Pulisic right now, who's out. He's 17 years old, you know, from Hershey, Pennsylvania, now playing for the Bundesliga at Borussia Dortmund. And I think Americans especially are just so hungry for that next Landon Donovan, that next Clint Dempsey. And it's like, we've got all these guys that are playing Division One soccer. Why aren't we producing more talent? Why aren't we producing more talent? When we flip it over, and I know this is, you know, like you said, apples to apples at times, though, too, but you'll even look at the women's game. They have almost mastered that, you know, look, you play four years of college, you go through the draft, you play in the NWSL if you're really good, you play for the national team. And we've seen so many ladies do that now, up-and-comers like Morgan Bryan and even Tobin Heath is, and Alex Lewis. Morgan as well, yeah. Sam Ewis. You see these ladies that are going through the system, and I know the men's game is vastly larger, and I, and I get that, but at the same time, though, it's interesting to see, especially in a, in a, in a big continent like you mentioned, Louis, like America, it's, it's hard to... You know, I think the big thing we always hear, though, too, is like, I feel like we're missing people. We're, we're missing people. I, I think we, might, we are missing people, that I, but I also think that there are some unbelievably creative coaches at the college level yeah. that use the time they have with the players so efficiently. I mean, I'm really surprised that Tony Sanna, Brian McBride, these exactly. are people that have gone four years at an institution, and they were the pioneers to going over, some of the pioneers, mm-hmm. going over to Germany to play with Tony Sanna, and then Brian McBride playing in the, and not just playing in the EPL, being a pretty significant player. Absolutely. He's got um, a bar named after him for crying out loud. <laughs> well, it takes a lot for that, yeah. <laughs> but if you look, that, that there are some... Even some mentors of mine were col- uh, college coaches because, as I mentioned, the spring is not a dead period for us. We actually teach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the o- 
I'm talking about a split season. There are some coaches that would miss the teaching period of our of the college setup. We get to strip it right down to mm. the bare, to the mm. basics. I mean, I, I was listening to uh, David Check. It was describing about preparation and so that you can prepare for moments and difficult moments over time. You see again and again, and that gives experience. And if you does anything new does come up, what you have then is to is to rely on your uh, your basic training instincts. You know, if you see something new, okay, oh, I haven't had, had this before, you rely on your basic tra- training instric- instincts. That's what we do in the spring. Mm-hmm. We strip it all down, and if someone's got a, a technical, tactical, maybe a mental, emotional deficiency, or what we see as a weakness, we get time to work on that as a, as a full-time guy. Sometimes you they won't allow you to work on those things mm. too deeply. You've got to do it on your own. Yeah. You're either good enough or you're not. Or, and if mm. you're not good enough, you get passed down the levels. That's where college can help the late developer. You know, and I was, you know, I was a late developer. I think in my career, I was a much, much better player. You know, when I'd gone out of my teens and gone through puberty and had all that thing going on, that college gave me an unbelievably breath of fresh air there mm. were very there were fewer questions that i had about myself about my was i going to be either big enough or was i going to be tough enough and and that really gave me a buffer and college given even more tools in terms of time will, will you will see so many people that we don't catch one of the, the leading goal scorer in the english premier league nearly slept slipped through the net let's not forget that Mm -hmm. jamie vardy was playing such a low level right i think uh when sean left the united the the uk uh he and i had both played at a higher level than jamie vardy Mm. uh Mm. was starting that's That's incredible it is unbelievable that the decision in most european countries is made you know 16 potentially 18 you can come to college at 18 and you can grow maybe still or you know physically you can change Mm. a lot with an 18 to 22 and uh, I think that's one part of the model that, that does really help because mm. you're bringing guys in with still the opportunity to become a, a soccer player, professional soccer player, but they're also getting the education part two to fall back on. And I don't know if uh, the European system really advocates that so much. You know, a lot of guys that are 18 are cut out on the heap and, you mm-hmm. know, it's, you're out of luck, basically. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. And that's what we see so many times in all, I think, college sports, especially if, they're a, if they were considered a, a good player in high school, too. If they go and they play that freshman year and they don't get as much playing time as they, as they think that they deserve, and they're like, wow, coach obviously doesn't value me as a player. I don't want to, you know, I'm going to go somewhere else. And then they take a step down or whatever. But it's those players that actually are willing to put in that time and that effort and be like, look, I don't care if I play a minute or if I play every single game. I want to be here. I want to get better. And I'm sure guys like that, for you, Louis, are very important that you want well, on your team. Absolutely. We, we can soften the blow of the first big disappointment mm-hmm. because you've got school and you've got trying to be something bigger than yourself. A lot of times when we get players in our model, it's a pay-to-play model uh, in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. The first big disappointment is they don't make a travel squad. Yeah. Or, or, or they're, they're 28th on the roster when they thought they would be, you know, 1 to one to 11. Yep. We can soften that blow because it's not you're not good enough and sorry, we're bringing in the next batch of young pro- yes. professionals. Yep. It's, okay, let's work with you as long as you're prepared mm-hmm. to accept that and as long as you'll be able to go. We don't have that same... If you bring in an MLS guy and he's been with an MLS program, they they, they push players down to their lower ranks all the time and mm-hmm. bring them up. You know, the, 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 the home 
homegrown guys. Yep. So that they have probably had a disappointment. But my worry sometimes is about those disappointments that you have, you know, exactly. a- and the, the time to go. I mean, obviously, uh, uh, Simon's Simon's clan, the Provan clan, <laughs> all, all playing. No, I mean, all playing college, yep. and and they went through the bumps and bruises and uh, had success through mm-hmm. the college system and all had or had opportunity mm-hmm. to go on and, and for me is okay so that's a model that don't rip the model up and throw it away exactly understand it and let's face it even the best and brightest there are some parents that will say you need a college degree mm-hmm. as i say so if you fall on your derriere <laughs> you've got that big pad and it's called my degree exactly which you won't have i think just to add to louis there as well you know, the guys that you're bringing into to college, especially at the level that we're looking, they're usually the best players within their team to start with. So now you're piecing it together. They understand straight off the bat that, mm-hmm. hey, there's going to be 28 guys. You might have been the superstar in your club, your high school, wherever you were playing. Now you've got to compete. And before anything's laid out to them and they get to the, you know, become part of the team, they understand from the outset that nothing's going to be given to them. Exactly. And if we don't get that from them, they're probably not the kind of player that we Mm. want to bring into the program because it's not going to work. So it's really important that when we're recruiting those guys, they understand no matter how good they are at the club level, the high school level, you've got to earn the spot. Mm -hmm. And when you have 28 guys doing that, the practice drives itself up and and you improve as a group. And not just 28 guys, but guys that have been there for three years already. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. right. Well, Louis, before we let you go, Sean, I'm going to ask this of you as well, Sean. You've been around the Milwaukee soccer scene for a long time. You get, yes. you know, you've got a very good understanding of what is going on. I'm curious to get your thoughts about this, and I'm only asking you this because you said I could ask you anything. <laughs> you got me, got me on the air. Uh-oh. I'm, I, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are about the consistent of butting of heads of trying to bring a pro team to Milwaukee yeah. because there are so many people that have the same idea but they don't want to work together. Okay, And you've been around a long time, and I, you can phrase it however you want to, but I'm curious, as someone that's been around and seen a lot, what your thoughts are about that. I don't believe the same problems of, that we've been butting heads on previously, 20 years ago, is the same as the issues we have now. I think we have a sustainability issue hmm. about bringing pro or multiple pro. Now, it is a different country. Will you figure how many pro clubs are in London... Seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, and and Premier League clubs. I believe at whatever level, I think we could sustain maybe a couple of levels if the sustainable model is such that you understand how many play, how many players you need, how many full-time players you Mm -hmm. need, whether they need to be on full-time salaries that they can, they can take care of themselves or whether they, or it's a salary that you can take care of their families. So then you fit that model into, there's a league now that will sustain my pro team. Then if, or, and then if we want another pro team that wants to sustain MLS, we have to understand how many what does that require? How many um, how many fans do we need? What's the overall budget? And if you notice that the USL franchise that started off, I don't know, I think it started at 50,000, is a lot bigger now. I mean, I think mm-hmm. it's maybe even 2 million plus. The NASL franchise, an MLS franchise now. I mean, the deal that David Beckham did, I guess, was really good because he, gets <laughs> a, yeah. it, the, he could sell his part of that franchise yep. and make an additional... What, three, yeah. three, three years or four years of his salary. Mm-hmm. So in Milwaukee, I think there is a coming together in a sense where there are factions that want a pro team. And I think that eventually we may see um, 
people that get paid X amount of dollars to do it and mm -hmm. people get another a different and I think there might be a, a blue and a red mm -hmm. you know side of town or, or, or but uh, I think it's prime for sure this city can I believe can sustain a professional team model what I do want what I do think should and could happen and would add to the sustainability is weaving in the community that will support it so it is the top of a pyramid mm -hmm. And so at the top of the py pyramid, if it were the most prestigious league you play in and then maybe have, you know, one or two teams, a fewer leagues low and a fewer leagues low. And I think that all the clubs would eventually come together because without that, we're going to lose some of our best and brightest mm -hmm. and they're going to go overseas. You I know? Agree. And as you know, I, one of our top recruits. Andrei Novakovic, mm -hmm. we, you know, I, I supported him going for some training after committing to Marquette and he had to go as far as Reading, mm. England and sign there for three years where it, it, he could have signed his own, on his own doorstep yeah, if right. there was something available. Exactly. But I, I think it's going to work. I'm not, I'm, not, uh, I'm not a pessimist. I'm an optimist. And you're right. I've been here since playing, uh, playing it a, in the 80s. I think it's going to work. Sean, we promised you'd talk to us about differences. Yeah. MLS, England, Australia. Give us a 30-second breakdown. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's quick. Everything you've ever learned. Uh, yeah, everything you've ever known. Uh, England, obviously, has been more established. I think the MLS is coming up. Australia's probably a little bit further behind. Uh, Australia has the top flight, and then they have regional leagues below that make up the second, yeah. uh, second tier. Uh, obviously, you know a lot about the English structure. And as we were saying there earlier, I think the, the big thing in, in America is getting a pathway to pro for local players. Excellent. Great. All right. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much. It's great, guys. Thanks very yeah, much for having, having us. Anytime. Head Anytime. coach of Marquette University, Louis Bennett, and his assistant, Sean Hughes, were here with us on Two Up Front. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got more exciting action for you. You're not going to want to miss it. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 